Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world. Sometimes I do sermons from the divine. He whispers to me the topic throughout my day and tells me when to record it for you. Sometimes I also share music that he inspires me to create for hope. Uh, This show is really geared towards people that struggle with depression or a depressed state or going through a difficult season to provide you some more tools in your tool belt for mental health supportive services. Take what you love, leave what you don't, and hopefully you leave more inspired to take action to have an empowered life to find your own happiness from within. So today, uh, this is a holiday weekend for those that are in the States or celebrating from the United States. Uh, It's President's Weekend, and I decided to take a little road trip. It's been almost two years. Uh, We're about a month and a half shy of two years. I haven't seen or heard from my husband. It's been very difficult. And the father said, go ahead, take yourself on a trip. So I went to a a restaurant that we had frequented a few times, and uh, the service is always really good there, and they've got food that I love, and um, I've been worshiping the Father uh, on the Sunday morning, and, well, now it's afternoon. And listening to the radio, different worship stations and different kinds of music and whatnot, and uh, on my way back, he whispered to me as I was listening to a really cool worship song, he said, I want you to talk about the miracles, look for the miracles right now, so I don't pre-plan this thing, Um, so I'm just going to speak from my heart, if you're not driving, go ahead and take some notes, and hopefully there's something for you, either for yourself or for a loved one, for you to share with them. So look for the miracles right now. It's pretty incredible that I'm even alive right now, honestly. There's been so many close calls. Last July 8, 2023, I was in a real bad car wreck. It should have been way worse than it actually was, but uh, this gal had clipped me from the front, and we were on a highway. There was a storm for a couple of minutes out of nowhere, and my car spun in a a one-and-a-half revolution, and I was going uh, the speed limit. She was going probably about 10 or 15 over. I think she was going probably about 75, 80 miles an hour, and uh, my car didn't flip over, it just spun in a circle, and the miracle of it was, there was it was a two-lane highway, and there was no one that was in my lane as I was spinning. Uh, there was only a couple of cars, and they just happened to be in the other lane that gave me room to spin out and whatnot. Um, And then my car landed perfectly on the side of the road facing the grass. And I was like, holy moly, I was just in a wreck. I was in shock. And she 
you pulled over. Uh, we both asked, you know, are you okay? I'm okay. Are you okay? And uh, we weren't really sure exactly where we were at. I was on a, I, I was told by the father to go on a mission trip. I thought I was going to be feeding the homeless. So I had brought some little mandarin oranges and trail mix in my bag, and I had some water bottles to hand out and whatnot. And I was in a state I was, I'd never been in this state before to my, to my knowledge, and at least not on a road trip. And uh, boy, did that turn my life upside down. Um, we looked at the cars. There was hardly any damage to the cars. We both were fine physically. Um, I could tell I was sore, but no broken bones, no bruises, and we were both coherent and whatnot. Uh, the, the damage should have been way worse than it was, so that was a miracle in itself. The second miracle was actually being able to serve, looking for a way to serve, and the father opened in my eyes, uh, the officer that had come to write up the report. He said, uh, I'm actually uh, on my way helping with the uh, funeral arrangements for a fallen officer that was murdered um, just outside our town a couple of days ago. And I was like, holy moly, I'm so sorry to hear that. He said, yeah, we haven't had a murder in a long time. Uh, it was like 30 years since the police officer had been killed. And this, uh, it was a female police officer. She was protecting a woman from domestic violence situation and drove the uh, victim to the hospital to protect. And the uh, perpetrator followed her to the hospital, shot her, and killed her. She tried to stun him with a stun gun, but which was the law for her to follow. And, you know, there's certain progressive steps and whatnot. And, Criminals don't follow the law, though, and uh, he killed her, and so this police officer was helping with those arrangements and whatnot, and I think he was in shock a little bit of everything going on. The uh, insurance companies were terrible. They were hanging up on me. Uh, it, was, it was as if they were blaming me for getting in a car wreck on a Saturday instead of Monday through Friday between 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So they were of no help. Uh, the tow truck driver showed up, and he was buddies um, with the police officer that had been killed. He knew her from high school. They were friends. He knew her family. And he said, it's, it's a total wreck. It's completely shaking our town and whatnot. And uh, I was I was like, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, if there's anything I can do to help and whatnot. And uh, he uh, picked up my vehicle. He said, um, my tow yard's near where the funeral dies, about an hour away from where you're at right now. Uh, do you want to stay somewhere near the car, or do you want to stay in this area? And um, the police officer said there's no Uber or Lyft, so I'll drive you to wherever you'd like to go if you want to go in town, or you'll have to get a, a taxi or something if you want to stay closer to your vehicle. I was like, I guess I'll stay in town, and 
So I stayed there for a couple of days, and the father had gifted me the idea to write a song the next morning. Um, I called my mom, and I said, Mom, we got to write a song. I told her what was going on. I said, I'm okay. But uh, there was this police officer that died, and she left behind a family and two young kids. And, you know, she had started this youth program for the police academy and whatnot and was doing real good in the community. They, they've got big holes to fill. And uh, so the tow truck driver told me a little bit about her story and whatnot. And I said, I already wrote a, a verse and a hook. Can you help me finish the song? And my mom had never written a song before. She She's a very meek person. And she said, I don't think I could write a song, Aaron. I, I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before. I said, just mom, don't worry about it. I said, let's pray about it and see what God says. She's like, okay. She can't argue with praying. <laughs> so we prayed about it. And then I, I said, oh, why don't I just sing to you what I have so far, and then you can give me some pointers. You, you can be a spiritual advisor on the phone. She's like, okay. So I told her and whatnot. And sung the song and she thought the title was a little weird until I sang the lyrics and she's like wow and she started crying on the phone it had touched her heart so I knew that she was she was in she was all in and so she started helping me get some ideas for the lyrics and whatnot we finished the song together and um, then I had the idea to uh, borrow a piano from a church in the area and whatnot, so I started searching for a church that had a piano and saw the visitor center, and this was in, uh, I think it was Jasper, Indiana, was where I was uh, staying, and the, the funeral was an hour or so away, I can't remember the name of that town, but anyway, it was about an hour away from Evansville, Indiana, if you're from that area. And um, very rich town, very, very rich town, but not any services for those uh, that uh, don't have any housing and whatnot. So it's interesting um, that stayed focused on finishing the song and whatnot. And in this little visitor center, they said, oh, we've got a cultural arts center. Um, they've got a piano in there. They might be able to let you borrow. I said, okay, sweet. So I went in there and sure enough I see the piano right there as I walked in and it was like an art uh, museum kind of the vibe and uh, there was a big sign on it that said don't play it <laughs> And uh, but I'm not one for listening to signs and following those kinds of rules and whatnot so I told them I said I, I I'm visiting while I was in a car I said so I'm going to be stuck here for the weekend I said uh I, I heard about the, the police officer that was killed. Um, you know, I'm so sorry for your guys' loss. Um, I said I wrote a song, and I'd like to add some piano parts to it. Do you mind if I borrow the piano? And the lady said, you know how to play? Sure, go ahead. So I started playing and adding some chord structure to the song and whatnot. And it was just it was healing for me because here I am, like, I just survived this car wreck that I probably shouldn't have survived, honestly, but there was they, there was definitely angels that had come and brought me the the peace that passes all understanding, the the Holy Spirit 
I believe was in my midst, and my mom believed it as well. And so I was just grateful. I was grateful to be alive. And, you know, there's this police officer that isn't alive anymore. And so it was it was neat um, playing the piano and figuring out the chords and whatnot. And people were coming in, and little kids were, like, looking like, oh, wow, she's, like, a part of the show. And <laughs> it, was, it was neat. Um, it was a real neat experience. So look for how there could be miracles in plain sight for you. Look for them. Expect miracles around you. And and possibly you could be the miracle for others if you trust that the Father can use you, use your gifts, use your heart to serve others. Uh, he will open up opportunities for you to do so. Okay, the Father is telling me Malachi Four three James two James one two through twelve Habakkuk one three through seven Okay, the father wants me to share the story again of of this happy beginning. So you may have heard this before. Um, If you listen to my story, and if so, uh, feel free to share it with someone else. Um, And if not, um, here we go for the first time for you. So this happy, um, when I first started a business, I had a different business name called Affirm Queen. I was real big into affirmations and whatnot. I had learned about them from a leader in a direct sales company that had struggled with depression. She was bedridden, um, and it helped to bring life back into her and hope and, and get her motivated to living a vigorous life again and whatnot. She taught us, um, back in uh, probably like 2015 or so, she taught us how to use affirmations, how to speak them aloud, and how they can change our mindset and our view of the world. And then I went on to write a book about affirmations for different areas of your life. You can find that on Amazon called Whole Life Affirmations. And uh, so that uh, that book, it lists my old business name because uh, I'm too... Uh, laser focused on other projects to go in and change change that, edit that uh, too many different departments that I have to reach out to um, so in the beginning of Move Happy, it was a different business name so if you're thinking, oh, I need to change my business name but you don't know how or you're worried how it might be received, um, it is possible and if you believe that the father is telling you to change the business name, do it um So I had, so keep that in mind, I had a different business name. Uh, 2018, I had this very holy come to Jesus moment. Um, I had been struggling with, uh, I had a birth control implant that was messing with my mind, my hormones, and I was dating someone for the first time since my fiance had broken up with me via text message uh, the year prior to that, and um, that was the same year. I had created Move Happy as well as four other therapy programs in a psychiatric hospital for adult patients, 
and I had earned a promotion that same year that my boss told me no one in her 30 years of working there was ever even interviewed uh, without a licensed therapy. But I was interviewed and I got the promotion and then I lost it because uh, state legislators uh, voted against mental health supportive services and cut um, our taxes towards allocating towards um, the psych hospital. So I lost that promotion. And um, shortly after that, my fiance had broken up with me. And so I was in this new address. I was dating someone for the first time, trying love again. And he was so kind, such a nice gentleman, uh, but he was too far away from his children. And he um, broke up with me very nicely and wanted to stay friends and whatnot. But this birth control implant completely made my mind lose all rational thought. And he encouraged me to move across the country because uh, my uh, family member was in need of some help and having a roommate and whatnot and encouraged me. And so when he had uh, broken up with me and then encouraged me to move away, I thought he didn't want anything to do with me. And my mind was just telling me all kinds of lies and whatnot. Definitely wasn't using my affirmations that day. And um, the thoughts in my mind of self-harm were so strong that I couldn't stop the thought patterns. It was almost like the enemy was just like sending all his demonic forces to attack me and whatnot. And I called the 1-800 line. It's now, um, you know, pound 988 is the suicide hotline, but back then it was the 1-800 number and whatnot. And I talked to a nice gentleman on the phone. He talked to me off the ledge and started encouraging me to focus on well, what is something that's going well in my life? I told him about this program that I had created. I told him about a retired U.S. Marine veteran that was a part of my program. The first and third round, we ran it at the hospital, and he saw me earn the promotion. He saw me lose the promotion, even though I didn't do anything wrong, and he knew how effed up it was. And he encouraged me, said, Aaron, you will be sharing this outside of this hospital. Move Happy is bigger than this hospital. You will be speaking on stages alongside Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. You know, he listed all these big names, Tony Robbins and whatnot. And uh, he said, don't you dare give up on this. Do you hear me? Do you understand? I'm like, yes, sir. You know, you don't want to argue with the Marine. <laughs> and so I shared that with him as I was just in my last, you know, few hours of desperation and whatnot. And he that I think you should listen to him. It sounds like sounds like it was a good program for people. And uh, I said, well, i got to change my business name. And then he started coaching me, well, encouraging me. Okay, so you change your business name. Sounds fine. Sounds good. Um, so did that. Told him about the birth control implant. He wasn't shocked at all. He didn't have any weird response to me having concerns about it, which told me that he probably had heard that from other people before, and uh, he encouraged me to remove the implant as soon as possible. I said, well, I don't think I could take it out. I think I have to have it surgically removed. He said, then you call the doctor's office and put it in your arm. I said, okay. I said, I will do that, and uh, he started giving me plans of hope to not give up. And I'm so grateful that he was volunteering on the line 
and he helped me. So after that phone call, I got down on my knees and I cried out to the Father of Love. I said, Father, I need you to remove this pain, this, these, these self-harm thoughts in my mind. I need you to remove them for good. Because I had struggled off and on uh, for about 18 years, uh, being the survivor of childhood abuse, sexual abuse, physical, emotional, neglect, you name it. Uh, my parents were wonderful parents, but um, I had a sibling that had some, some evil spirits within him, and he took it out on me and uh, anyone else he could take it out on. And um, I learned about things in my childhood that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy's kids. And uh, that causes PTSD. Having sexual trauma at a young age or any age, if it's unwanted, unwarranted, and when you're a kid, you don't you don't need to be doing things that's under the swimsuit. And uh, so that caused PTSD and normal symptoms, side effects of PTSD is suicidal ideation. And instantly, when I asked the father, I said, I need you to remove this, please. I was sincere. I cried out. I I admitted I couldn't do it myself. He removed it. He instantly removed those self-harm thoughts from my mind. And he opened up the heavens. This is another miracle. He opened up the heavens in my bedroom. I was renting a room in a house with four other strangers. And then the man that I had been dating that had just broken up with me had uh, moved in and then was moved out shortly thereafter. So I had like five roommates. It was a very humbling experience. Uh, considering when I was married a year and a half before that, uh, his parents were multimillionaires. So I've had access to a lot and I've also lost a lot. But the father is in charge of it all and he brought me healing, which was priceless couldn't put a value on that. You couldn't pay anybody to get rid of those self-harm thoughts. So I haven't had any of those self-harm thoughts since that day. Um, sure, thoughts might come, you know, fleeting in or whatnot. They might come fleeting in and fleeting out, uh, but I've never had any habitual thoughts like I did in the past, off and on for 18 years. He healed and broke those chains instantly. And when he opened the heavens, showed me my new business name was going to be Move Happy. He showed me the three pillars of Move Happy, mindset, community, and fitness. And um, music is our fourth. that kind of wraps around the three because music is a part of me and being a descendant of King David and having musical genes on both sides of my family. It's, uh, it's intertwined and whatnot. So he showed me that. And then he also showed me that we would be hosting annual events starting in America and then going international in different countries every year after that. But the first year was very vivid, very specific. There was going to be different speakers, different singers from all kinds of uh, religious backgrounds and science and everything. And it was all going to be specific to helping those with depression. And this was in 2018. And then in 2020, uh, Deepak Chopra, Ariana Huffington, Kennedy Foundation, Johnson & Johnson, and like 60 other organizations reached out to me 
one of those organizations reached out asking for my network to add and contribute to this online event that was going to be during the pandemic for everyone that was struggling with depression. It was going to be a free event. They were hosting um, or a very cheap event. I think it was like $10 or something like that and asked me for my network. I was like blown away because a year and a half before that, I had almost ended my life because of the enemy attacking my mind, using the lies of birth control, implants, hormonal changes to deceive my mind. So that was a huge miracle. And since then, um, the Father has gifted me a gift of prophecy as, as young as 14 years old, but he really started giving me strong visions uh, at that point in 2018. And, and I've had a few more since then that have guided my path, guided the journey. So I want to encourage you. Uh, we all have different spiritual gifts the Father gives us. You can speak in tongues. You can have all kinds of gifts. If you want to look in the New Testament, uh, I'm blanking on which book in the New Testament, but if you do a quick internet search, you say, um, uh, where can I find the, the spiritual gifts that the Father gives us in the New Testament? And it'll pop pop up with the section. There's a couple of sections that um, he lists it. And he lists all of the spiritual gifts, but then he says, speaking in tongues is great, but prophecy is better. And I'm so grateful that he's gifted me prophecy because it's really cool. It's like it's a cool miracle in itself. So look for the miracles right now. Look how you can be of service. And if you choose love, I will say that love is the most powerful force in the world. And I believe because I've chosen to love those that have harmed me, um, my sibling was my abuser, my oldest sibling um, in my childhood. I've forgiven him. I forgave my rapist in college. I forgave people that had harmed me, stolen from me, done all kinds of terrible things to me. My first husband that had really um, ruined my credit where I had to file bankruptcy after our divorce because uh, he moved our entire bank account. You know, I've chosen to forgive all of these these people and chosen to love them as the Father tells us to love our enemies, love our friends, love our neighbors, love everybody. Right? When we choose to be obedient to him, he blesses us with gifts from above that are unexplainable. So I want to encourage you to do that as well. Uh, some other miracles, I have had the gift of mind reading. Um, he is all-knowing. And at, at times, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to his children uh, to help us with an assignment. Um, I had shared this on the show before, but it's okay to repeat good news. Um, I was at the time I was working a couple years ago at a uh, gaming and racing facility that many would call a casino, but there's no table games there. I was working security, and one of my coworkers in a different department was struggling with lack of sleep, was struggling with um, we're talking three to four hours of sleep for seven years and was taking, you know, all kinds of meds from the a veteran, from the military uh, veterans hospital and whatnot and 
was struggling, I could tell. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me one evening that he was going to end his life that night, and I needed to invite him on to my board uh, for a work happier program that I was trying to launch, and I had uh, met with the GM there and whatnot. It was it was in process. I had told him that the, the weekend before he was working there part-time and worked a full-time job elsewhere and whatnot, and um, it was so strong in my, in my spirit. It was this quiet, still, small voice that said, you need to go talk to him. Talk to him now. Do it. Do it now. And I was like, but Father, I don't, I don't barely know this guy. Like, he's going to think I'm weird. Do it anyway. You might have an assignment that the Father has given to you, and you, it doesn't make sense to you. Do it anyway. If your intentions are good, even if someone thinks you're weird, so what? So I told him, I said, um, hey, I know you don't really know me. I don't really know you that well. But, um, you know, that program that I was wanting to launch off the ground, he's like, yeah. I said, I'd like to have different representatives, one from each department, um, be, you know, kind of my accountability, like on my board. Would you be interested? He's like, no, right away. I said, I understand. He said, I got way too much going on. I said, I understand. Um, don't feel like you have to give me an answer right now, though. I said, just think about it. Let me know next weekend. He smiled and he said, okay, I'll let you know. He decided not to end his life that night. And he had reached out to another coworker. I found out a few days later at a luncheon, ladies' luncheon. He reached out to her. He was drunk that night, and he almost ended his life. He couldn't stop the thought patterns, the suicidal thought patterns. If you have self-harm thoughts or if you are depressed, do not drink alcohol. It accentuates your mood. If you are depressed, it makes you more depressed. If you're happy, it makes you happier. But if you are in a, a sad place, um, you know, lost a family member or broken up with someone or whatever, don't drink. If you are susceptible to self-harm thoughts, don't do it. Do not do it. Call a friend, you know, drink some tea, whatever. Don't do it. He did. He, and also he had lack of sleep, which is also a huge risk factor for suicide ideation. It's totally normal to have self-harm thoughts if you are not getting seven to eight hours of sleep. It's actually way more common than um, PTSD from war-related trauma, the suicidal ideation. Five times stronger. Um, that's what Dr. or not Dr. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman said on our show in 2020. So anyway, so he decided not to end his life. And then the, the other miracle was that it was confirmed that the Holy Spirit revealed to me the truth, which... I never doubted, but it's always cool to, to hear and confirm. So when I went to a ladies' luncheon, one of them was interested in dating him, and I said, I don't know what it is about him. I said, I'm very spiritually connected to the divine, and for some reason, um, the divine desires for him to be on my board. Uh, that's all I know. And she shared, well, so-and-so used to date him, and she said she got a message from him a couple nights ago, and he was he couldn't stop the suicidal thoughts in his mind and all three of us looked at each other like oh my gosh but he didn't end his life thank the lord he didn't 
if you have an opportunity to speak hope, speak life, um, invite someone to do something, to be a part of something, our social connections are our strongest predictors and protectors of our mind, our mental health. If we choose, you got to be intentional about who you hang around or who you're communicating with, if it's, you know, online or over the phone. If you are intentional and you are spending time with someone that's an energy giver, they're going to build up your energy or they're going to be a positive influence in your social health bubble, if you will. That can help protect you from self-harm. It's our strongest predictor of our happiness. Did you know that? Our social health strongest predictor. It's also our strongest predictor of our depression. If we hang around sad, mopey, depressed people, or we choose to not hang around anybody and isolate. And that is what often happens with people that are depressed. Is they often withdraw from people and things that they once loved. And don't do it. Don't do it. I, I speak from from science, but I also speak from real life experiences. Don't do it. Normal, but don't be normal. Be abnormal. Okay. So he survived. He didn't end his life, and he's actually doing way better now. Um, he was getting the help through the VA at that time, and that's why it was struggle. It was a, a huge struggle for him because he and his um, wife separated. They're going through their divorce or whatnot, and he had children with her, and he wasn't able to be close to her. And he was going to buy a house, and then the economy tanked with our stupid COVID stuff going on. And so he was a few hours away from his kids, not getting sleep, away from his family, and was working way too much. And just all the things kind of came crumbling down. So now he is closer to his family. He got a house. And he has a PTSD dog that keeps him company and whatnot. So he's doing real good. So uh, that is a miracle in itself. All right, Father, what else? What else do you desire for me to share? There is someone listening right now. Samuel. The Lord loves you. And the Lord desires for you to come home. He says, Peace be with you to your children. You serve such a good father. Anything else, Father? Your good, good father.
So another miracle. Um, I'm looking as I am on my way home. I'm looking at, uh, there's a screen like where the radio stations are and whatnot. And I think my Bluetooth must be hooked up for this phone. And uh, it was uh, about a year ago, I was told from AT&T that this, this phone, the phone number that I, I've had since I was 14 years old, I didn't have it anymore. Um, this phone kept getting hacked into. People were messing with my uh, address, my GPS. Uh, it was it was not good. It was very, very bad things were happening in the phone. Even with cybersecurity, they told me that, that um, I lost the phone number. And as I look at the screen, I see 253-219-7428, which has been my phone number since I was 14 years old. I'm, I will be 38 this June. So to say that it's been a while, having that phone number, it's been a long time. So for whatever reason, the team that looked out for me, they restored that phone number and it's still apparently listed as I record. I'm not exactly sure how this works, but I love them. They look out for me and they they take care of me and my belongings. I'm grateful for them. And uh, I'm certain that someone is going to pay that bill that at and I, I was refusing to pay the bill because they, I kept telling them my internet keeps going out, this phone keeps getting hacked into, I'm not paying for services that you're not providing, fix it. And so they gave me a discount here, discount there, and they couldn't figure out why the phone was not working, why the internet would go out randomly, and I'd get kicked out of the iCloud. I had to get three new phones in less than a year and a half cyber attack um, done to me. It's all good. It's all good. The Father Father provided a miracle right there for me to see. So grateful for him. Anything else, Father? All right. If you'd like to have a personal relationship with the Father where you can connect directly to the source of all things, you can ask him for anything. You can receive gifts from him to help serve others, you can receive guidance, love, forgiveness, and have an eternity with him long after your physical life on this earth dies. It's a free gift for you. Repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this gift of salvation. I can't earn it or buy it. You give it freely to those who believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. Or some call Yeshua. Father, I ask you to come into my heart. Please forgive me of all my mistakes and show me how to be a more loving, kind human being to others. Thank you, Father. I receive this gift. In your heavenly name, I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, we want to welcome you to the family. Your next step is to get plugged into a Bible-based church. So you want to keep God first place. Did he ask, Father? 
if you if you feel led to donate as much as you are able to to Aaron Nicole Ministries, and we will be using that um, in a variety of ways, but mainly um, helping to support the funding of alternative mental health research, getting it accredited, and helping it serve as many people as possible that the Father assigns to us. Uh, you can write a check and mail it to, uh, you can address it to Aaron Nicole Ministries, 1477 Tiny Town Road, box number 191. The city is Clarksville, Tennessee. That's C-L-A-R-K-S-V-I-L-L-E, um, T-N for Tennessee. And then the zip code is 37042. And we thank you. Uh, for any and all donations, um, it is a 501c3, so make sure to notate that, and you can write it off, deduct it off of your taxes donating to a nonprofit. And we thank you, and we appreciate you. Anything else, Father? Go out and be blessed today. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.